obviously in that of Steel Henry and Bennett's the new for you, but um, bringing them into the same world and having an emotional base as well as all the reaction in the film, I'm curious what went into working out your own identities and then um, pitting them against each other. An easy one to start. Uh, what went into it? I, again, as I always say, it's going to the source material. There's an awful lot of psychology in Superman because it's the one way you can find to crack the shell. And when it comes to playing a character, especially in this movie where we still see the growth of Superman before seeing the finished product of what we know and love from the character in the comic books, it's it was just delving into the psychology and the weaknesses therein and playing with the relationship of between him and Lois and him and Martha and then of course the conflict he has when facing the likes of Batman. Yeah, for me there was really enough material in the screenplay that, that Chris Terrio wrote and with Zach's direction there was a, you know, Plenty for me to grab onto and to help, you know, use my imagination to try to build this character. As you were, or as Travis was saying, it's certainly daunting um, because of the people who have like played this character before and the great filmmakers. You know, most recently, obviously, Christian and Chris did three brilliant movies, and all the guys who who went before them. There, there's that element of sort of um, healthy respect you have for the project and for the characters and their history. Uh, and you know it raises the bar certainly, and I felt that uh, I was in really good hands with with the script and and with Zach, and so that uh, that was where I focused my attention. Hi guys, to your left, uh, over here, I'm David from Israel. Um, I wonder if you can comment about working with a national pride and joy sitting to your left, Mr. Apple from Syria. I hope. That was a Go tremendous uh, treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Um, <laughs> No, really. So far, so good. And I was like, we'll take a shoot right here. But Gal did such a great, amazing job and made all the scenes uh, that I was in with her better, made me better. And she's, I, she's my favorite part of the movie. She shows up and I don't give anything away, but uh, she helps me out. <laughs> and uh, she's a terrific actress, and I think Wonder Woman's going to be very good. And uh, I, I just, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to keep working with her. It's got to sound genuine by just repeating that, but uh, it's true. Uh, Gal is a queen. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Gal chapter fine figures Wonder Woman. She brings something particular, something statuesque, something something otherworldly to the character, and it's remarkable to see. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Taylor with uh, Movies.com and Fandango, and I've got a question that actually applies to uh, several of you. Uh, the, the question is this, there, I'm, I'm a fan, a big fan, and I deal with a lot of fans who can be sometimes irrational and sometimes when somebody gets cast... Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> sometimes fans can be a little bit irrational when, when a casting announcement is made and it's not uh, what they expected, and I'm wondering how you might deal with that when you do hear something like that from fans, either on social media or, or any other place. And I, I guess this would, would apply to... Um, uh, Jesse, Gal, Ben, um, in, in some ways Amy, and in some ways Lawrence, from from, the, from what I've read. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves money. Money. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, Cass sent me first, so then they were like, and then after that they were like, what is he doing? He lost his mind. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's certainly strange and, and, and unnerving to be criticized for a part you haven't yet been able to screw up. But, <laughs> 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 uh, um, but uh, you know, I think, I think I probably also would have been surprised had I, you know, read that I was playing Lex Luthor without having had access to this wonderful script and this incredible character written by uh, Chris Terrio, who created a character that uh, I thought was suitable for me. Um, you know, if you look at just the canon and the mythology of, of, uh, and, and the history of Superman, I might not be the first person to come to mind, but if you read the script and understood how the character was contextualized in this kind of like modern era and the way he was written, um, I knew that I could do it well, and I knew that, you know, or at least I hoped that after people had seen the movie, they would understand that I was more appropriate than they had originally feared. I wish I had heard you say that two days ago, like, you know, just Xerox it. <laughs> Very well said. Right. Yeah, I agree with him as well. Um, also, I, 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 you know, you can't please them all. And for me, being an actress, my responsibility is not to pay too much attention to all the noise around me, but to pay attention to the script, to the director, um, um, and, and, and be and, and protect the character and try to tell his story the best I can. And I can only do that. I knew right away, so I'm um, sorry about that. Said something, you know? Universe and expanded franchise um, of DC movies? 
again, I think the thing that's interesting about the process of this movie and sort of the way it's evolved is that, you know, the idea of having Batman fight Superman is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so that's why you're making it. Um, it's not only ridiculous, but also once we had committed to that ridiculous idea, we were, it was then only that we were like, okay, so that implies that a universe exists where Batman and Superman exist together. Which was a weird, I know it seems like obvious in weird in comic book, in the comic book world, but had not existed really in the, in the movie. So, though it seems like an obvious notion if you're, you know, just sort of casually like, oh, well, Batman and Superman, of course they, they they're both comic book heroes, so yeah, they're like down the street from each other, right? <laughs> like they bump into each other all the time. Uh, that's maybe what I meant. But they, uh, but so once that sort of idea had taken root and existed as reality, it was then only that we were like, well, I was really obsessed with, I am and have been obsessed with the Trinity and really wanted to see the Trinity that being Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in a single moment. And that was the thing that I was really interested in, in trying to get into the movie. Not that I didn't have enough to deal with already, but I thought that would be a cool thing to see. And those conversations are really what led to this Dawn of Justice kind of subheading for the film. Um, and that we could now begin to talk about and have conversations about the fact that the Justice League and of the DC universe now could evolve from this. And we had, you know, I feel like frankly we had just, you know, it's a difficult, it's a difficult notion, um, especially at a city like this that's really filmmaker driven and sort of project to project. You know, it's a very it's a difficult notion to say, oh, okay, well, you're making a movie, but it's actually connected to that guy's movie and connected to that guy's movie, and they're all gonna be it's all gonna be a great big fun sandbox and we're all gonna play nice in it. Um, which is a great thing, but it's a difficult thing to just make appear. And I think that's the great, that's what the luck and sort of serendipitous nature of this movie that's allowed the world now to kind of coalesce. And I don't think it was a, it became a plan, it's becoming a thing, but it was only in those kind of, in its infancy that we realized, yeah, oh my gosh, this can, this can be a thing. Yeah, and at the same time, I think we wanted to set up and introduce these characters, but we also had a really rich story to tell. So it was a careful balance about telling the story, the Batman and Superman story, and giving a little hint and a tease to the story of Justice League that's yet to come. Question for Charles, I'm not down here. Um, can you talk a little about being the overseer of the bringing the DC universe to the screen and how hands-on you have to be? Does it make you the Warner Brothers version of Kevin Feige, for example? Well, I think it, you know it's a team of us. Um, the, the team is obviously uh, Debbie, Zach, myself, uh, Jeff Johns is part of it, and obviously uh, you know the Universal Creative guys, Greg Silverman, John Bird, they're all a part of it. Warner. Anyway, um, so uh, 
it's it's a uh, the interesting and fun. It's a very interesting challenge, and uh, but it's also a lot of fun because uh, even when we were making films that might have sequel possibilities, uh, never really in the past. Even like with the Dark Knight, never really thought about what exactly is the next movie going to be. Because we ended with Batman Begins with the Joker, we thought, okay, we'll probably just do the Joker one next, but we never really had a story. <laughs> here, here uh, we're, we're constantly thinking in the future, not only how to make each individual film stand on its own, be compelling, be fun, be thought-provoking, have great characters, but we're also thinking way down the road about how these things are gonna interconnect uh, and make sense, and also leave room for other great filmmakers to be involved and to make sure that while we want to get to a certain place, we don't stay too rigid and too fixed on exactly the methodology of how we get there. We have to leave room for the creative process to allow it to evolve. And um, it's just really uh, exciting and challenging every single day. Oh, he's hands on. We're shooting Wonder Woman on his hands on I, don't, I, I think wherever you are in the world, because we're making a number of these in different phases, uh, we always have to be, thank God all I can say for high technology, because you really have to be, you have to stay connected. So if, if, uh, if Debbie's in Los Angeles and I'm in London, or Zach's commuting back and forth, or if we're making a film in Toronto, uh, you just have to stay in touch with it through every, form of, uh, of, of medium that you can. And uh, every day is long because somewhere, you know, somewhere on some continent, there is uh, a portion of one of the movies that you're working on. All right, here for you. I have a question for Bernie. I'm Harry. Uh, ben, is it true that you turned down uh, the offer to direct uh, Man of Steel? And will you ever take the power to direct one of the Batman movies, and for Harry, uh, what do you think Clark Kent would ask Harry Cavill and Ben Affleck? Uh, it's not true that I turned down um, Man of Steel, or, or um, and it's, uh, I would, uh, I've learned a lot from Zach on this movie. <clears throat> One of the really valuable things about it for me, aside from just the personal experience of playing the part, was watching a guy who really understands how to make films on this level with cutting edge technology, you know, combining in-camera stuff with digital effects all the tools at a director's disposal and seeing how Zach sort of meticulously constructed them using, uh, you know, literally hand-drawn uh, storyboards frame by frame and evolving those into the, the movie that you saw with barely consistent vision. And, um, you know, I thought about, I wondered about directing movies like this before, and uh, it was really a very valuable learning experience for me to watch Zach do it and see how he did it so that I felt like, if, uh, you know, if, it, if, if that day did come, I definitely pick up a lot of uh, valuable um, information. Okay. Would you do it? <coughs> would you ever do it? I would, sure, I would, you know, if I was, for me as a director, it's about like material, you know, material and characters, and just by telling about material, I would, I would definitely turn my hat in the ring to direct something, you know, on that scale. I'm definitely more emboldened now, certainly having, having learned from and watched Zach and Christopher Christopher. 
to what his point of view was. And then as knowledge accumulates to arrive at a, at a, a decision that, that I felt was um, rational and reasonable. Robinson, Diane, you are a veteran of the superhero genre. Was this a different experience? What's it like to enter a world that big where you're combining that many heroes? Selfishly, it was very lovely to do on both films the um, the commencement of its huge production. You know, Martha provided the gentle uh, beginning, I would think, comparative to where we're headed. So it was nice to break into crew and have the first day of school all together. <laughs> and Lawrence, what's it like to be an editor? Do you get to take on the press, take us down? Um, I just, you know, as I'm really more of a fan, you know, I'm a, I'm a comic book reader and a, a collector and have been since I was a kid, and really for me, this movie is, it's a movie I've been waiting to see for 35 years, I can't even believe I'm in the movie. Oh, wow. I believe you have a question. Yeah. Hi, my name is Jamie Broadmast, my outwardly black girl nurse. Um, my readers are very excited that I'm here because I have a website that's about empowering women and women of color. So, yes, this question is for Gal. They're like, interview Wonder Woman. So, um, I wanted to ask you, Gal, first of all, um, did you watch any of the Linda Carter series, uh, Wonder Woman, growing up when you were researching this role? And also, um, what advice do you have for women out there who are actresses that are interested in doing films that are about comic book superheroines? Interesting. Um, the first question was, I'm sorry to take that back. <laughs> no, I sorry was to exhaust your voice. In the part of the TV show, I was minus five. But after they <laughs> cast me for this role, uh, I did watch a couple of, um, of uh, episodes. I think that Linda Carter was a magnificent Wonder Woman, and it certainly pictures to, to fit into. Uh, but when they cast me for this movie, Zach and everyone had a very clear vision on who Wonder Woman should be and, 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 and what's her story and how they want to tell it. And all I had to do was really give my own notes and inputs and just embody everything and, and be her. And um, I truly think, you know, I'm, I, I have a four-year-old daughter and she adores princesses. At the same time, she would tell me, the princess, she's so weak, she falls asleep, the prince will come and save her and kiss her and this and that. So I'm so happy that, I'm so happy to be the one who's, who's gonna tell the Wonder Woman story. It's such a very, it's such an important story to be told, to tell. And, and, and I'm grateful for it, but I also think that it's so important for girls and boys to have a female strong superhero to look up to. And the more the merrier, and, and there's plenty of room for many more women to come. 
and um, I'm very, very happy to be to be a part of them. I, lo I love that you just said girls and boys. I love that. Yeah, it was. It was. That was the very first. That's very first. That was the first day. Was the Although I discovered Diane in an earlier movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's mom and I had a different kind of relationship. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hollywood land. Great and fun and 
very uh, smart and great actress. We had a good time. I, I really didn't get much of a chance to in interact. Uh, we had uh, one scene which we were in the same room for because when we shot that scene, I, I had no interaction with her in the particular set piece of carpet, as uh, she did. But uh, in Congress, I, I saw her across the room and she looked marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I, I love working with her. Um, I think we probably make a maybe possibly unintentionally comedic pair. Um, <laughs> she plays my assistant, although from like an aesthetic perspective, we should probably switch places. And uh, and she has a really unusual and great sense of humor, which you wouldn't expect because you would you wouldn't think that she would need to. Amy, is you beginning to feel like a Superman veteran? Does this? get easier? Do you get used to it? Is there certain language you need to adopt when you're playing a, a superhero character or a love interest of a superhero character? Um, I mean, no. I mean, I, you never really get used to it. The scale of it's always really impressive, and every time I walk on set, I'm completely blown away. And um, what has been so nice is getting to know everybody over the course of years and getting to bring these relations that we've all, you know, um, established over the course of working together and working like getting to use that in the film and kind of regrow as a character still and, and so just to me I feel like it's just come back. I mean, love these folks again and, and all of the new ones that I just am absolutely in love with. So, yeah. You're such a pilot of Moxie, I guess. I have dialed down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> we have a question. Uh, hi folks, it's Cynthia Seahawks Media in Boston. Uh, I'm a DC Comics fan from the 1950s, and when I first heard the title of this movie, I said, come on, Superman could be the tar of Batman. Correct. Correct. No. <laughs> <laughs> could you give me your immediate reaction when you first heard the title of this? Did you think it was ridiculous? And how did you come around to accepting it? And also, for Zach, was this movie ever going to be called Superman v. Batman? <laughs> wow. Who wants to start? You want me to go first? It's funny because, like, I honestly, Batman v Superman, for me, from a philosophical, I, you know, and that's the only way I can think about things, um, because I'm so philosophical. <laughs> um, is that, you know, we want, I wanted to put man, like the human, in its God-human relationship first, um, and you know, for me, these guys, I don't know if they heard the title before they heard the concept, so. Um, I hope they did. It'd be cool if they just sent them a letter that said that on it. Right? <laughs> you open it, it's a bad number of people. Like, okay, what is it? Right? No, but it, it, uh, I haven't had a lot of questions. You know, it's fun. One of my favorite questions is when someone just says, Batman versus Superman, how is this possible? Right? This is, and I'm like, well, we made a two hour and plus movie that sort of explains. <laughs> 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 so, and by the way, I think that you're right. The, the notion uh, is crazy, but at the same time, it is a well, you, you know, it's a well, the road is well established that leads to uh, Batman versus Superman. And, and, and they're, they're, um, they're being pitted against each other in the comic books is not a, it's not a thing we made up. You know, it's, it's a it's a, it's a or something that was obviously you know, had that set that precedent before with Frank Miller book. So you know, having seen that, I was 
it's already tuned into what it could be and hoping that that was the sort of angle that, that Zach was taking. And uh, we had the, uh, the little sculpture from that from his office and I thought that, you know, this guy definitely like that. <laughs> I didn't think it was crazy because I, I had read when I was a kid The Dark Knight Returns where Frank Miller you know, did this comic where Superman fought, in fact, fought Batman and it looked really original and interesting and turned the genre on its head and it was a morally gray sort of story and that changed the way I saw comic books. So I had been familiar with that idea you know, for a long time and when I heard that this was the idea of this movie, I thought that's brilliant because it's one of the great ideas in comics that hasn't been mined yet for, for film. I, I agree with Dale on that one. I, I knew the comic book, especially the Frank Miller one, and also the relationship in the comic book between Batman and Superman. And the idea was nothing but exciting because we're opening up the cinematic universe to this, all, all of these groups. I believe we have a question in the front row. Uh, Steve from Collider. Uh, this is a question actually for everyone. I'm curious if you guys have a day or two or a sequence in the film that you'll always remember you know, when you think back on the making of the film. Shared mine because it's your hero. Stand in the role and have bad will for you. That was a very unnerving day. It's true, the first day wearing the suit and being on camera, you think, well, here it is. I'm really doing this. It was very nice to have Diane there, a friendly face and a great actress, and kind of looked at me like, you know, yeah, it's going to be okay. So that was, I appreciated that. For me, um, it was, it's tough to say while shooting because I was in the green room at the time, but certainly I feel like I felt it after having watched the movie, but the third act for me in particular uh, resonated. And it was probably while watching the movie where I felt the most and got to step outside of the, the actor and was part of the audience. I'm going to go with the bathtub scene. No, that was actually horrible. Just trying to protect my modesty and unflattering garments while I, the demigods stood above me. <laughs> Low self-esteem fatigue after that. We look fine. It's true. I really look like I'm, I'm pretty. Oh, yes. Anyway. relationship in a ritual way was really awesome. But there's a moment in the third act with Diane actually that became one of my favorite moments. Uh, it's just a quiet moment between uh, Steve and me. And I just said that and I just said, I like that scene. Always here. Fans have always indicated just like it. What normally Batman and Superman have dual roles, regular people, superhero, and it's a it's a debate between power versus will. Do you think that your characters are more willful than powerful? And when you have to lose yourself into these huge characters, what helps you get there faster? Your little boy hero complex or your adult male hero complex? <laughs> I have too many complexes to sort through. <laughs> <laughs> many of them will do really. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, 
you're on to something when you talk about like the will versus strength with Batman. I think one of the reasons why this character has resonated since you know uh, the FDR administration with audiences, regardless of the way the country's changed and pop culture has changed, is because you have a guy who on the one hand is powerful and exciting and, and can do things that we all wish we could do, but he's also still a human being, you know, and struggling with his own uh, vulnerabilities and fragilities and, and, and struggling with his own will. And these are kind of accomplishes things by force of will, I think, Batman. And um, that was uh, that was fun and exciting to uh, to play. And yeah, it's definitely, but I, and I think it's got the equal measure of my, um, you know, adult weakness and, and kid excitement for this movie. There's, there's, you can just see from this, like, I mean, uh, from this room, there's so much, every day there was something new to kind of geek out about and be excited by and be like, I can't believe I'm, I get to be in this movie, you know, it's, uh, it was exciting every day. We've got time for a couple more questions. And okay. Uh, ben, uh, you didn't take her to Boston Girls. When you were growing up as a boy in Boston, did you think about Batman very much? And you gave a great uh, interview with the New York Times and talked about the uh, duality of the character. And can you talk about how you see him in this, in this movie? And Henry, similarly, Superman seems to go through a big change there. If you could talk about that. There's a store in Manabas called Millionaire Picnic, which is still open, I think, which is where I bought the Frank Miller book when I was, I don't know what, I was in minus five. I was, and I lost to my age. Yeah, you did the calculation, I was minus ten. Plug it in. I was old enough to be wandering around the city by myself. That separates us. The, uh, that store's still there, that's where I bought my first, those first comics, and, and that, as I said, was the first comic that I, that really took my appreciation of this genre to another level. It was right when people were kind of doing those, innovating in that way, and when Watchmen came out around the same time, and, um, you know, really kind of newer, more adult, um, sophisticated, complicated ways of looking at this world started to be developed within the comic genre. It took the, it took the movie business 20 years to catch up, to start making, to be willing to, you know, really mine these stories in this genre for complicated um, and, and interesting and resonance-rich stories. Um, but but it, it has now, obviously. And um, uh, yeah, that's where it was. I, bought, I can't remember what else. That's where I bought the duality. Oh, the duality of the part. Yeah, I mean, it, Bruce Wayne is like, Zach often said that he thought Bruce Wayne was kind of a mask or a character that he put on, you know, as much as, as Batman was. And he liked the idea that there was this ritual sort of you know, just putting on the suit and getting ready, and the way, he, the way he looked and the whole thing was like a, a way of putting on a mask to the world and presenting this alter ego Bruce Wayne person to the world. But I thought that was interesting, and I like the idea that both Bruce Wayne and Batman were really sort of fucked up, unhealthy people, you know, who were engaging in unhealthy behavior at night um, as a result of, like, you know, psychological scars they bore from childhood. Um, and and uh, I thought that was a, that, 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 that duality was something that was really interesting to explore. For me, um, it felt very much like the development of Superman, of the character that we know with the comic books. We're still not there yet. Um, we are looking at the guy growing up. He's become this Superman um, after discovering he was Kal-El in the first movie. And now he's facing off against this second guy. And it's a tough outing for him because it's against a psychological enemy as opposed to a physical enemy like Zodwa. And we see him make mistakes, and we see him grow to those mistakes and learn from them. 
We have time for one more question. This one comes from the back. Chris Richard, you are well. Mr. Snyder, this is actually a two-part question. Uh, Mr. Snyder, Mrs. Snyder, uh, this movie deals with a lot of heavy things. Uh, we definitely have consequences, the consequences of consequences, God versus man, and the overall thing of family. In light of this, in terms of balance, how much of a challenge is to balance in addition to the action uh, that that man can commit? Um, yeah, it, it is a bit of, it, it is a balance, but I think that, you know, when you, when you start with the tone of the movie, uh, I, I've always been that the tone is the, the number one aspect of the film that I really am interested in. And this movie is, you know, it is at the same time it's deconstruction that I was talking about. It, it is self-destruction in some subtle ways in that, you know, when you have icons of this magnitude and comic book characters of this magnitude and sort of mythology of this magnitude. You have to, there, there's a little bit of letting off the hook. You know, we never, we take a heart attack serious, but at the same time, there's a self-awareness in the movie that I think you, you have to have in order for the movie to resonate on a second, on any kind of second level beyond just, oh look, these two, Superheroes are fighting, and you know that cool. Um, I think that I think that the movie and Chris Harrier has written an amazingly intelligent script about what it means, what power is, what um, justice is, you know, what our relationship to these mythic characters are. Is it a relationship between God and man? All these questions, you know. And I think that um, you know. To me, that that's the balance, you know, more than the balance between action and drama, and, and that that's natural to the story. You you know, you run into conflict, but to me, it it really this movie is fun because I I got to have fun with these characters, tell maybe a slightly bigger story than just Batman versus Superman. Though I am satisfied, my the dork in me is completely satisfied by that. I do think that. Um, there's there, the, the film is richer, and and it it it, 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 is, it was fun to, to work um, on an idea that, that maybe is bigger than than Batman vs Superman. And I think to put these characters in a real world, I think that they're easier to relate to. I, we can never imagine what it's like to have superpowers, you know. I, I but if we see them going through struggles, if we see them kind of messing up and picking themselves up. And uh, I think that's really relatable. And I think we like to, you know, see stories that mirror ourselves. Guys, thank you so much for letting us get our geek on.